This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, bringing you vital information to boost your health, your finances, and your rights. Find out more at carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. The grandparent scam has been around for years, but recently there's been a staggering increase in the number of victims and the amount of money they lost. And forget no pain, no gain. 74-year-old exercise guru Miranda Esmond-White says her brand of gentle stretching is the key to staying fit and flexible as we age. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A growing number of Canadians are aging without a partner or children nearby, and experts are warning about the health threats exacerbated by loneliness. But a pilot project about to roll out in Ottawa could help. The concept is a naturally occurring retirement community, and it's a group of condos within walking distance of amenities like grocery stores. In 2007, 7% of Canadians 45 and older did not have a partner or a child, and just four years later, that number jumped to 10%. Demographers project that by the middle of this century, there will be more than 20 million people living without children in the U.S. Canada is among the nations with the highest prevalence of kinlessness in the world, alongside Ireland, Switzerland, and the Netherlands. A new urine test may be able to predict bladder cancer up to 12 years before diagnosis, according to a new study. It works by identifying the mutations in the most common forms of bladder cancer, which could allow doctors to identify more cancers earlier. Currently, diagnoses are made with invasive procedures that involve inserting a camera into the bladder. Bladder cancer is the 10th most common cancer, and the Canadian Cancer Society estimates that over 13,000 Canadians are diagnosed with it each year, and around 2,500 die. If you're a male and plan to get a vaccine, whether a COVID booster, a flu shot, or something else, Get a good night's sleep the night before. New research has found that sleeping less than six hours before the shot may limit the body's response to the vaccine, reducing protection. In general, women tend to have stronger immune responses, but the researchers say that regardless of gender, if you're sleep-deprived, jet-lagged, or work a night shift, consider delaying a vaccination. Sempre le suppliche che il suo popolo li rivolghe per intercessione della madre. This week, Pope Francis marked his 10th anniversary as head of the Roman Catholic Church by celebrating Mass. The 86-year-old became the first Latin American pontiff in 2013, succeeding Benedict XVI, who had become the first pope in six centuries to resign. 
He died in December. In a podcast broadcast this week, Pope Francis said it seems like yesterday he became Pope and that time flies. Aside from a persistent knee ailment, Francis appears to be in good overall health. The Chinese military doctor considered the whistleblower in the 2003 SARS outbreak has died from pneumonia at 91. Zhang Yangyong was placed under house arrest for revealing the full extent of the virus. News of his death was censored within China, an indication of just how politically sensitive he remained even late in life. 20 years ago, When China's Communist Party suppressed news about the highly contagious SARS outbreak, Jan wrote a letter claiming there were many more cases than were being officially reported. Globally, more than 8,000 people around the world were infected with SARS, resulting in at least 774 deaths, including 44 in Canada. I'm Libby Zneimer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. March is Fraud Prevention Month, and police are giving special attention to grandparent or emergency scams. They've been around for years, but now a growing number of people are falling victim, and the amount of money they reported losing last year was over $9.2 million, up exponentially from $2.4 million in 2021. I spoke with Detective Constable Kristen Thomas from the Major Fraud Unit at Toronto Police. They call the grandparent scam or the emergency scam because it's the way they usually catch the person. They're usually going to call the early or like early, early hours of the morning, kind of those odd calls. Any one of us would be kind of wondering why the phone's ringing at that time um, or late, late, late at night. And you know, when that phone rings, you're thinking, oh no, what's happened? It's like that feeling inside. So you pick up the phone or you've just been woken up at your sleep and you're discombobulated. Uh, and the person on the other end just immediately is in kind of a distress. Uh, overwhelmed, crying, carrying on and saying grandma or grandpa, you know, it depends on who picked up the phone. If it sounds like female or male on the phone or if they don't know, they just keep saying it over and over until the person on the other end, the senior, you know, they captured the right audience on the other end of the phone because it's usually random calls, um, says, you know, Johnny, is that you? They accidentally usually give out the name because a lot of our seniors are adamant they already knew the name. But sometimes it's not that it's not the case that they've just caught them at the right time, kind of set them off guard that they offer up the name. And right away, they'll take that name and roll with it. And they'll be like, yes, it's me. It's John, you know, and I and then it goes forward with there from there. And it's always going to be I've been in an accident or I've been hurt somehow or injured. Um, something really bad has happened and they need money right away. They've been arrested, incarcerated, detained. It's got to be something, you know, that's an emergency. Uh, and then they'll move into the whole, please don't tell anybody, you know, don't tell my parents, don't, don't call anybody because you can't. Um, the way that it's evolved, uh, some parts of this is now they're saying, even going to the point where they're saying there's a gag order or um, a band, like, you know, a, a publicity band, so you can't tell anybody or make things worse for them. Don't these people recognize their own grandchildren's voice? I think at that particular moment, I mean, we can all say, yes, we do. But when you're caught off guard and you've just been woken up out of a sleep or it's late at night and this person's crying or carrying on, they may, you know, right away start questioning themselves as to, you know, is this really them at first? But then because of the situation, they're going to believe them. They also use the excuses in the past where if you do have someone who's actually questioning it, because we just went through that whole couple of years of COVID, they'll say, I have a cold or I've caught, I have COVID. They've used that 
that as excuses. Like they come up with different ways as to why their voice may sound a little different. And if they just keep pushing the person, you know, that senior, it, it just, it catches them. I mean, we could come up with all different types of reasons why, but at the end of the day, unfortunately, just from the, the mere emergency sound of that person's voice, the senior falls for it. Do you think COVID has contributed to the increase in this? Did it play a role? Absolutely. But there could be a number of reasons behind that. It's just, it helped with the whole sickness part of it, yes. Um, but I don't think it, it was the reason why this became, you know, a lot more common. You were saying that more people are reporting it. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a good thing. But uh, what is behind that? I, I truly believe that a lot of people, it doesn't necessarily mean just senior specific, but I think anyone caught in a fraud, there's a level of they feel ashamed, they feel embarrassed, they don't want their loved ones or anybody to know that they got caught in something like this. And it's hard because how do you tell somebody not to feel that way? Because it's absolutely not their fault. They are a victim. Unfortunately, the, behind these kind of schemes is what makes, that's how people end up feeling in the end. So they're afraid to report it. They're afraid to let anybody know that this happened to them and that they were duped this way. And for seniors, they get to a certain age, they're afraid people start questioning, you know, their, their mental state or if there's got to be something wrong with them because they fell for something like this. And it's really, really sad because that's not the case at all. They're a legitimate victim. So we find a lot of people don't report it because of those scenarios and they don't want their family to be upset with them. More people are reporting it. More people are reporting it now because of the fact that it's out there in the media. I believe there's a lot more public awareness about this. We're trying to, to, to hit those, um, you know, getting on the news, doing these type of interviews, some of us going out and, and, and talking to seniors, going to different groups like Senior Link or other places to try and, and get the awareness out there when it comes to these type of scams. So more seniors are now coming forward to report it, yes. Can you ever recover money or how often can you recover this? When it comes to these type of investigations, that it, there's no no guarantees here. You know, recovering the money is very difficult, especially when it's cash. Usually they're always asking for cash, um, handing it over. And it, we always tell everyone when it comes to fraud investigations, we can't guarantee there's going to be any money coming back in, you know, to your hands. We do everything we can to try and locate it, uh, but there's there's no promise of that, no. So what are your tips to avoid this? First off, um, if somebody's demanding they need money right then and there, it, it's chance it's not true. You, you make all the, the phone calls and protect yourself. Um, that's usually the number one thing on this. It's usually a demand. It has to happen now. It's a scare tactic, okay? It's, it's like it's similar to all those other frauds when you get these phone calls where they tell you that you're in trouble or you might get arrested by the police. It's a similar thing. They want something to happen right now, and they do not want you to tell anybody. Right there, that's a red flag, okay? Uh, especially when they, they put somebody on the phone who identifies themselves because that generally happens. Somebody will get on the phone and identify themselves as a lawyer or a police officer. So make a phone call. Find out if that person actually exists. Get a badge number. Ask all the right questions. But at no time, get the kind of money that they're asking for or the kind of thing together right away and hand it, you know, hand it to, to a stranger without being vigilant and calling a family member or somebody to, to validate the situation. Police aren't going to call and ask for money right now. Like, right, but you've got to pay me right now. It doesn't work that way. Detective Constable Kristen Thomas, thanks for joining us. Thank you. That was Detective Constable Kristen Thomas from the Major Fraud Unit at Toronto Police. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, 
Never mind the strenuous exercise, gentle stretching can keep us in top form as we age. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting against ageism in the workplace and the marketplace. Find out more at carp.ca. is the opposite of no pain, no gain. Miranda Esmond White is a former ballerina who developed eccentrics after enduring weeks and months in bed because of back pain. She says her system redefines gentle stretching and it can keep us fit and even reverse damage. We talked about her new book, The Movement Miracle. This is to return the range of motion of every joint, that's 360 joints. So that when you move your body and you have the ability to move every range of motion the way you could when you were younger, then you're going to feel young and energetic and, and, and that is moving and that is a miracle. That's the miracle that's in our body. We have it there. We just don't know how to regain it, return it, find it, and it's all through just these gentle range of motion motion exercises. You talk about the balanced body. This is all about balancing the body, even if you focus on specific things. Uh, explain that. So a balanced body is like anything that's well-balanced. If you have, let's say, I like to use a door as an example because people get that. Like if you have a door, doors are big things. Hinges are tiny things, but if a screw is off on one of the hinges, especially a top hinge, but if a screw is off, then the hinge will start pulling away from from the wall uh, from from the wall, and the door will start closing poorly or not at all. So that that's a poorly aligned door. So you have to realign it, and often it's as simple as just screwing the hinge back, a nail back in or a screw back in. It's not always that hard to do, but if you don't realign the door, you won't be able to close it and open it, and it could cause all kinds of damage. So that's the same with our body. 80% of our chronic pain is caused from this poor alignment. So this is a program that realigns, rebalances the body, and it, we do it in like 20, 25 minutes. Very gentle, slow-moving exercises. Speaking of pain, we've all grown up with the saying, no pain, no gain, but you say doing any exercise in pain is very bad. Yes, yes. Pain is a message. It's a neurological message telling us that something is wrong. So why would we continue aggravating when something is wrong? Why shouldn't we fix what's wrong. You can fix all these old injuries because they're connected to scar tissue. That's connective tissue, and they can be worked out and rebalanced, and the pain will disappear. Everybody has a different pain threshold, but we should not be pushing people into pain just on a basic concept. It just doesn't make sense. Common sense tells you that you should not be aggravating an injury. Most people either are sedentary, or they say, okay, I've got to get in shape, and they go to extremes, and they go to a gym, and coaches to this day, and gyms to this day are 
pushing their clients and saying, you know, if you're in pain, if you, you know, this is good for you, push, 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 push. They're pushing people to their limits. They have been taught that this is the correct way to, to teach their clients. It's not, not their fault. They're only repeating what they've been told to teach. But that is then causing injury, which means that gyms are, the average, average age at gyms is under 50. People do sports when they're young. What's supposed to happen to them when they get old? You know, they're just sort of, we just push them to the wayside. And, and that's crazy because the workouts are too hard. People are encouraged to go too far. When you work in this beautiful space where you're not pushing too hard, but you're working, you're exercising, and you might even sweat, but you're not pushing into pain. So as long as you're not unbalancing your body, so you're keeping your body well balanced, you're keeping all your joints equally balanced, and you're, you're, you know, you're working your feet, your fingers, your shoulders, all 360 joints, everything should be functioning that's the golden medium. Zero pain, no pain. That's the golden medium. And working inside that range will keep you young until you're in your hundreds because you won't be in pain and you will be fully mobile. You're saying that this is the perfect type of workout for older people. This is exactly the perfect workout for older people. Miranda Esmond White, thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was Idea City alumnus Miranda Esmond-White on the Movement Miracle. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Week in Review is produced by Zeev Hadi, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.